Welcome back to Disney Dependent. I'm Sarah Chilcott. And I'm Kevin Costner. Okay. See you Moving guys. On. Thanks. Bye. And he's out. Bye. Bye. Oh, Dexter trying to come in now. <laughs> that was really good. That was almost like the closet, the, the broom cabinet or whatever. The custodian's cabinet. Sarah, are you, are you talking to me? Oh. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? What oh, hi. Welcome back. Welcome back. About a closet. Yeah, no, I didn't say anything about a closet. Okay. I wouldn't. You, you couldn't would. hear because you were obviously not in this I room. I was not in this room. Uh-huh. You got it. I'm an actor. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Yeah. <laughs> Our father's favorite actor. Obviously. If Kevin Costner makes a movie, our dad's, dad's watching see it. it. That's and right. he's going to watch it multiple times. Yep. And here's the thing. Kind of makes sense. Kevin Costner's kind of rad. Yeah. He's made some bad movies. Waterworld's <laughs> yeah. one of them. Now, what do you think about The Postman? I hate it. I disagree. <laughs> you can't disagree with the fact that she hates it. I hate it. And you disagree that I hate it? Or <laughs> I disagree that it's a bad movie. I'm not even saying it's a bad movie. It is. But that's not what I'm saying. Here's the I thing. I personally, not a fan. It It is a bad movie. It's a good bad movie. It has Tom Petty in it. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes it great. so weird. It is very random. But that's the whole gag. Is he just some guy? He's what? like, yeah, I used to be famous once. <laughs> Whenever I think of The Postman, I always think of the episode in The Simpsons where they're watching the, like, behind the scenes yes. cut of it like the director's cut yeah and it's just kevin costner on a horse in <laughs> right. in the like desolate landscape and it's kevin costner watching himself do that going oh god i just i'm uh, really sorry i just gotta stop yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it, it did seem for a while there that he needed to stop he was making some pretty and bad then he movies. did and then he did and then he came back he came back i think it's going well stronger than ever Dance look, here's the thing. Dance of <laughs> the Wolves. I knew we weren't done with no. Kevin I'm not even close to Dance of the Wolves is such a good film, and you call it a film, in this case, not a movie. It's such a good film. It's kind of perfect. It's so good that it doesn't matter what he did after that. He he directed and starred in that movie. You need to appreciate how good of a movie that is. The cinematic scope. Oh my god, the music. Ah, Sarah, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we could just, you know, have our own conversation over here. It starts in the Civil War, and he's he's just a battered veteran. Spinning his chair away from the microphone and yet still talking as though he's on the microphone. And he represents the worst kind of white guy, dude. And by the end, as my dad would in racially say... No, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Turned... No. Didn't you? Turn blank, didn't you? That's a quote from the movie. This yes. is, that's not me. That's true. That See? is true. So it I'm, is a quote from the movie. It is a quote from the movie. It's also a quote from our dad. <laughs> but he's quoting a movie. I know. In his defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, we just finished recording episode 100. We call that a double header. We're going straight into this here, the 100. First. Now, so it's still 71 and cloudy here. It's it still is. 71 and cloudy. Now, before we get into the episode, Ashley, did we tell the audience where we're going this weekend? Yes. Yeah. Provincetown. A couple Mass? times. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. The gay capital. <laughs> the gay capital of the world during Pride. I'm jealous. It's going to be a hoot. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be a hoot and a holler. Well, because this is the 101st episode, I am a toddler and I see 101 and think Dalmatians. So we're talking about 101 Dalmatians. What's funny about this is <laughs> yeah. she's got it written up on our storyboard here. Oh, boy. And James and I both missed the connection. Independently. I saw 101 Dalmatians. Dot, dot, Dalmatians. Ashley wrote it out for us in a and way I that you can... still just read it as episode 101. 101. And then Dalmatians. Dalmatians? Why? Why? What's that about, Ash? Idiots. <laughs> God. I'm just a slightly, slightly smarter toddler than yeah. you guys. Yeah, more than slightly. I'm in uh, talented and gifted. Mm-hmm. Oh, before we get into the episode, um, I have Disney-related news. Oh, Ooh. interesting. You guys already know about it, but this morning, 
I did something really dumb. I put a neck massager on <laughs> while I was waiting for Kate to get ready for school. I just sort of flopped on the couch and put my little neck massaging neck pillow on. Yeah. And was just sitting there. And I took it off and didn't really notice anything until about an hour later, I touched the back of my hair and realized I'd created the most insane rat's nest. Just uh, ground like, your hair up. Like the size of a golf ball. Solid hair. <laughs> it took me all day to get it unknotted. I tried everything i could think of i'm not going to list all the things but think about slippery very slippery things i tried in my hair to get this <laughs> knot out i was using like the tangle teaser brush trying to like just pull one piece out at a time and i thought i need something kind of stabby but i don't want it to be sharp because i don't want to cut my hair sure so i used a fork so you are Ariel from Little Mermaid. I turned into the Little Mermaid and used a dingle hopper on my hair. And guess what? It worked. Yeah, I took see? out giant chunks of my own hair, but I think less than I would have if I'd had to cut it, obviously. <laughs> so That's a win. <laughs> I lost a lot of hair this morning. but You also saved a lot of hair. I did. And it was an adventure that involved a fork. And slippery stuff. Well, I'm happy that it worked out. And you had the entire day off from work. I did. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, no. If I'd had to go to work today, I'm not sure what I would have done. Probably would have had to call in. Wear I would have had to put my hair in a very Actually, I know you. You bun. don't call in. No. You would have just gone like a psycho and figured it out. I would have like had to put it in You're a, a bun for some very reason. low on my neck. And then mm. like put a scrunchie on to try and hide. I don't know what I would have done. But it would have been not good. a mess. Either way, it wouldn't have been good. And then I'd be dealing with it tonight. I'm glad I'm done with it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I keep threatening to just shave off all my hair. I'm going to look like a total emu one of these days. <laughs> but you know what? I, I feel like every woman has that moment in their life where they either have to because they're getting chemo. Right. Or they just lose their mind yep. and just shave off all their hair. It's it's inevitable. At some point, it's going to happen. At yeah. some point, we will all be bald. Yep. Or at least have a really bad haircut we didn't plan on. Or both. Yeah. That Not to get too dark, but Ash, you know where I'm going here. Um, that just reminds me. A, a friend of ours that, that works with me in the music industry, she found out. So she had breast cancer five years ago. Fought it. Beat it, as they say. And then finally just announced I'm five years clear. Yeah. And no more than a couple weeks later finds out that it's back and she's got to fight it all over again. And it's a huge bummer. The reason I say that is take care of yourselves, get checked up, especially get ladies. Mm -hmm. As Michael Scott would say, you got ticking time bags. Yeah. Ticking time bags. That's right. Well, that's a good reminder for you too, James. I know. Go to the freaking dermatologist already. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. I got nothing to say. Okay. I know. It's. it's uh, you're right. It's bad. Yeah. You need to do it. Mm-hmm. Ashley, I'm looking at you. Make him an appointment. He's a child. Yeah. If I die, <laughs> blame her. <laughs> That's just a good... I don't know. Or you could just like ask someone you don't mind looking at your whole body with a microscope and a little... Like a camera. But they don't know what they're looking at. Well... They can document all of your moles and then check it once a year to see if they've changed. Yeah. At least that's a start. That's a start. Or you could just go to the dermatologist. That's probably your best bet. Well, this episode has kind of two prongs. Ooh. Prong one. Uh And prong B. No. (laughs) Prong one and prong B. I was picturing the one, zero, one. Each one of those a prong. Yes. (laughs) With a spoon in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the first part is going to be about the author of 101 Dalmatians, the book. Oh. The book. And then the second is going to be about Corella Deville, the villain. She's excellent. Awesome. One of the best. Might yep. be my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it might be mine too. Well, once upon a time, children, mm-hmm. gather around. Dot, dot, dot. There was a playwright named Dodie Smith who owned. Dodie? A- Dodie. That's okay. a name. 
who owned a Dalmatian puppy named Pongo. Oh, is she British? Obviously, yes. Okay, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> One day, a friend of hers, an actress by the name of Joyce Kennedy, saw her Dalmatian puppy and made an off-color remark: "He would make a nice fur coat." And she would never know that she had unwittingly inspired one of the greatest fictional villains of our time. Excellent. Mm. More than 20 years later, never having forgotten Joyce's remark, Dodie wrote her first children's book, 101 Dalmatians. Now, Dodie adored animals and detested any kind of cruelty or indifference to them. And what year was this? In the 40s. Okay. Thank you. I thought you were going to say 1400s. 50s. It could, yes. Well, these Disney stories, it could have been any time. In the 1400s. 1400s. Um, 1400s. No, 1956. Uh-huh. I had to scroll forward. There's a lot of, it goes kind of back and forth a bit. A lot of stuff. Got it. So once, Dodie was on a taxi with the celebrated novelist Graham Greene, and he made the mistake of asking her how he could kill some cats who's howling and... Uh, meowing was disturbing him at night. And needless to say, she never forgave him for that. <laughs> she killed him on the spot. Yes. And that was how Graham Greene died. No. <laughs> uh, during Dodie's middle-class childhood in Manchester, the family had a dog called Good Old Rover Aww. and a cat named Kit Kennedy. <laughs> wow. A, char- Kennedy. a characterful tabby, which, when the young Dodie had her tonsils out, promptly ate them. Ah. Ooh, that's a thing. Yikes. That's just a fun story. Okay. okay. I didn't have fun with that one. Me neither. Uh, but the most significant pet of her long life was the one given to her in 1934 that was a tiny Dalmatian puppy. Pongo was the 38th birthday present and a complete surprise uh, devo- uh, devised jointly by her lover Alec Beasley and her best friend Phyllis Morris. That's cute that they conspired. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Pongo's death from lifelong kidney trouble just seven years later caused Dodie to get more to have more grief than she'd known since her teens when her mother died. Aww. So he only made it to age seven. Still, he had a, uh, at least made his presence felt during his short but singular life, uh, barking furiously at any human being wearing headgear. <laughs> How funny. The man behind the cold cuts buffet at the swanky London restaurant Le Caprice always had to take off his chef's hat when Pongo came in. When you said headgear, I wasn't picturing hats. I was picturing like braces Me headgear. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Continue. Um, unlike most dogs, he also got to travel across the U.S. in the back of a pale gray Rolls Royce. So in 1939, Dodie and Alec, now married, sailed from England with Pongo and their roles, making their way across the U.S., headed for California, where her plays had garnered Hollywood's attention. Wow. Wow. According to a 1996 biography, Dear Dodie, the couple's early impressions of America were not especially happy. In New York, where her most successful play, Dear Octopus, was running on Broadway... Dodie could not find, quote, a single satisfactory teapot. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it all. (laughs) Damn it all. Worse still, uh, restaurant menus were disconcertingly literal, offering, quote, freshly killed baby lamb and, quote, boiled alive baby lobster. What? Why would that's horrifying? Why to add the baby part. That they can it just I don't be lamb? How it died? <laughs> Boiled alive baby lobster. Jesus. God. So she wasn't a vegetarian, but she was still horrified, noting that at one place they quote they brought the live lobster to the table as if to give it one more chance of making a pet of it at first. You know how they always <laughs> say the screaming part is just air yeah. coming out. What if it weren't? <laughs> what if? 200 years from now when the lobsters take over. We tried screaming! We tried, you maniacs! Now you boil! (laughs) Now you boil. Um, Well, eventually they turned up in California, but they considered it to be terrible dog-walking country. Which is probably true. Hmm. In California? In California? Yeah. Hot pavement. Okay. Oh, right. right, I mean, this is in the 40s. 30s, 40s. So... 
They made the best out of it, and after Pongo's devastating death, they were relieved to find several Dalmatian breeders in Beverly Hills. Dodie and Alec duly acquired two more puppies, one male, one female, naming them Buzz and Folly. They were an exuberant pair, to say the least. Um, Dodie wrote, I'd like to take them down to the shore, but I'm afraid they might damage the sea. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Beverly Hills are just SoCal in general in that time period. You know how I feel about this. Yeah. My God. Paradise on Earth. Yep. Pre-smog traffic. Yeah. Gangs. Oh, yeah. Like any of the bad shit about California. The most beautiful cars. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why we have smog, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In 1943, she decided to uh, breed the two dogs. Folly produced 15 pups, mm. of which the 13th appeared stillborn Aww. until Alec tenderly massaged it <gasps> back to life. It's a true story. Yeah. Um, but poor Folly couldn't produce enough milk. Go figure. With 15 pups, she could not produce enough milk. So they had to bring in a foster mama dog, bringing the grand total of dogs in the household to 18. Wow. Okay. Not quite 101. <laughs> it's a start. It's a well, start. It starts in the movie. That's true. <laughs> Eventually, new homes were found for all of the pups except for one, which they called Dandy. Nah. Um, happy memories of Pongo notwithstanding, Buzz was, quote, Dodie's dog of dogs, the dog of her lifetime. Aww. Without him, she was demented with misery. Buzz lived to the ripe old age of 14, which is a long time for Dalmatian. Yeah, I was just going to say, that aren't they a breed that typically doesn't live very long? Yeah. yeah. Um, her book was published to great acclaim in November 1956. A few months later, the Walt Disney Studio paid $25,000 for the film rights. Oh my God. A year later. A year later. Wow. 25000 Yeah. <laughs> Can insane. you imagine? The film took three years and $4 million to make. And it was Disney Animation Studios' first not to be hand-inked. They used a Xerox process for the drawings. Uh, Walt Disney himself was so enamored of the project, he visited Dodie and Alec in England at their home in the pretty Essex village of Finchingfield. Okay, oh, that's it. God. I, I quit. Finchingfield? Finchingfield. What a bunch of assholes. <laughs> hey, d- darling, meet no. me down at Paddington. Shire. Paddington Pinching field. <laughs> Finching. <laughs> Pinching field. <laughs> it might as well be. Okay. Nigel Pinchley, here? Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Both Dodie and Alec liked Disney, as well as his money, so much that years later they named yet another Dalmatian after him. No. When the film was finally completed, Dodie attended a the preview at which a perfectly mannered Dalmatian sat in the front row, never taking its eyes off the screen. That's great. Human audiences were similarly entranced and it was an instant and enduring hit. So Dodie's own last Dalmatian, not her 101st, but her seventh was a rambunctious character named Charlie in her (laughs) frail old age. According to her biographer, Charlie quote, took care of her like J.M. Barry's Nana. Oh, so she, the, the person that wrote the book, like, lived this life of just having a yeah, bunch kinda. of cute Dalmatians around her, yeah. her whole life? That's yeah. wild. And she made the villain a person that's not nice to animals. Hmm. Which is not very common back then. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but... As common. Yeah, it's not like it is now. Um, in her will, she bequeathed 2,000 pounds expressly for Charlie's care and protection, but he died just three weeks after her, oh. quote, having Aww. bitten the postman as a final angry gesture. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sad. But, you know, at least he got his. <laughs> yeah. God, that sounds like something we would do. Yeah. We leave our money for the care of Dexter and, yeah. Oh, yeah. and Doris. You better not. <laughs> no one else is getting my money. Yeah. I don't have any money anyway. Let me be very, very I clear. I take your money happily. <laughs> when you well here's the deal it's not like they get the money you no it's you have to allocate like this conservatorship this, yeah here's exactly. the thing write me into your will you'll take care of them. i will take care I of you your will. babies okay i promise you that's, that's fair i will give dexter his insulin shots and his nebulizer treatments <laughs> okay i have to tell him he's a good boy 
Always. Somebody has to boot a boop Una. Yeah, you got to boot a boop her. All the time. So she won't come to you. <laughs> um, like I said, the lady loved animals. She had. She also had two donkeys no. called Sugar and Spice. Dream. And she kept 35 pigeons, oh. some of them in the dining room. No, that's not good. Nah, she's, now she's sounding kind of crazy to me. When rats started turning up and to eat the bird go. food, she fed them too. She sounds like me at this point. Yeah, that's just full on Ashley. <laughs> they I'm multi- like, Ashley, you can't leave bird food seed out in the front yard. How come it, she says. And I point to the rats that are forming in our front yard. And I go, ooh. Yeah. Look at that butt. <laughs> I, I just think disease. And like, this is not good for this house. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Well, she fed them too. And they multiplied until You don't say. The lawn was alive with rats of all types. Oh. Car after car turning oh up outside God. the house for people to gop on sort of a rat safari of her house. What? I want to live in a rat's nest a little bit. You don't though. Kind of do. Eventually, <laughs> to appease the neighbors, Dodie very reluctantly agreed to have them poisoned. But indoors, she was still surrounded by hordes of mice, which she cheerfully fed with biscuits and allowed to run over her face at night. Unbelievable. Her favorite yeah, one yeah, was nuts. called Teapot Tail. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, very, like, there's a line in yeah. the sand. You yeah. know what I mean? She was an animal hoarder. Yeah, like yeah. Ashley... Boy, does she teeter on that line. She kind of tiptoes around that line. She has three cats <laughs> yeah. and some wild rats. She befriended a tailless squirrel for I like know. three years and named it. What was its name? Fed it. Bandita. Bandita. And it would come to her. I know. She fed it from her hand. I'm like full on lawn pet. Yeah. 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 I buried her when I found her dead. Oh, I didn't know you found her dead. Yeah. On yeah. Mother's Day. Fit right out here. Our front yard. Pandita. Yep. She's adorable. Yeah. I remember you saying, have you seen this squirrel? We always see the squirrel without a tail. I was like, yes, I've seen that squirrel. And then, I was like, I'm going to make it my friend. And then, and then did. I did. Yeah. Like literally it would come up to her. She'd open the door, eat out of her hand. I'm picturing Enchanted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's All the cockroaches. Dream, right? and- <laughs> Man, that's my life. That's the life I want. Well, that's kind of what Dodie's life was like. Let's talk about the villain of all villains, Cruella DeVille. Yes. So Dodie Smith first introduces Cruella to the reader, saying, quote, She was wearing a tight-fitting emerald satin dress, several ropes of rubies, and an absolutely simple white mink coat, which reached to the heels of her ruby red shoes. Wow. Very fancy lady. Anita Dearly remarks that she knew Cruella from school and that she'd always been atrocious and terrifying. So it was a real person with a real name, Corilla? No. Oh. In the book. In the, yeah, oh, in the book. Sorry. sorry. Yep. To her readers. She's introducing them got to it, her readers. So Anita knew Corilla from school, but she wasn't her old school friend. She was always terrifying to her. Right. Um, their acquaintance was ultimately cut short because uh, Corilla was expelled from school when she was caught drinking ink. <laughs> okay. Okay. Was ink a thing? People drank? I was just going to ask I you don't that. think so. Does I think it, it just seems like something, something devious to do. It's like a hmm. twist on huffing glue, <laughs> drinking ink. At least with that, you get high. Yeah, well, maybe ink was like 100% alcohol. Oh, uh, right. Nice. Yeah, Could okay. be. Cool. In Smith's novel, Cruella DeVille is actually married to a furrier. Okay. You know, people yeah. that skin and make furs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took her last name in the marriage. Because that's the kind of relationship that they have. Right. <laughs> um, building Cruella a fur empire, he speaks very little and seems to obey her every command. The novel likens him to her abused white cat, which she also had. <laughs> At the story's end, when the two are run out of town, Mr. DeVille is forced to go into the production of raincoats instead of fur coats. <laughs> uh, fun fact about Cruella, the character is related to a serial killer. According to Smith's uh, telling, Hell Hall, the large Suffolk manor where the puppies are kept after being kidnapped, has always been property of the DeVille family. It was originally owned by a man believed by the villagers to be a serial killer. Loosely implied to be Corella's grandfather, the fearsome ancestor terrified locals who heard screaming coming from his home late at night and, quote, began to count their children. 
It's explained that the town believed this man captured victims whom he would later torture and kill at Hell Hall. Oh, my God. Cruella reclaims the house at the time of the events of 101 Dalmatians. What's worse than having a mass murderer for a grandpa? Well, he might actually be a demon. Okay. <laughs> Villagers in the novel also claimed that the DeVille ancestor had a tail and supernatural powers. When they came to Hell Hall to confront the supposed murderer and burned down his farmhouse, a terrific thunderstorm came out of nowhere and extinguished their torches. Then the man emerged from the home with bolts of blue forked lightning coming from his body. Oh, okay. Can you imagine if they'd put this in the Disney movie? <laughs> Just thinking that. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Incredible. The villagers ran away terrified and the alleged demon was never seen again. Admittedly, those rumored murders and supposed demonic qualities were reported by an old English sheepdog, but he oh, seemed like well. a pretty trustworthy guy. So. Sure, sure. So maybe Cruella is part demon. Throughout the story, Cruella, wearing her absolutely simple white meek coat, is constantly cold. She insists on stoking fires in her home round the clock and demonically stares into the flames of a bakery fire at one point. That sounds mm. like me. Sounds <laughs> like every girl. Yeah, we're all cold. All the time. Cold. Deal with it. Staring at bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, she also puts an unreal amount of pepper on everything she eats, including <laughs> some unidentifiable meat that she serves the dearlies. Ah. It makes everything so spicy that one of the puppies, Lucky, says that she tasted hot when he bit her. <laughs> uh, in the novel, Cruella has a white Persian cat that she keeps for its value, but generally seems to abuse her pet along with her other Aww. four-legged victims. Specifically, Cruella boasts that each time the cat gets pregnant, she drowns her kittens one by one. Okie dokie. Her kitten body count rounds out at 44. Good lord. Jeez. Kitten body count. It's <laughs> the worst person ever. Thankfully, the Dearlies adopt the cat at the novel's end and promise to find her a husband. I just love that it was quoted that way. Yeah. We promise that we will find you a husband. <laughs> Snookums. Snookums. When Cruella decides to kill off the puppies in the in the book earlier than anticipated her henchmen are unsure how to approach the task you know when she's like drown the little things yes, got any yes. chloroform yes. um in the book she also suggests locking the pups in a room without food so that they would be forced to eat each other oh my god to eat each other uh, and the only reason she doesn't go along with this plan is that it would take too long right my god not efficient enough yeah well um, moseying on from Cruella on the page to the screen. In the animated film, Cruella DeVille's villainous qualities are highlighted, and it was important to the creators for her to appear more like a modern-day villain, given that the movie was Disney Animation Studios' first to feature a contemporary setting. It's funny to think of it being contemporary, because I'm like, oh, it's mm. like old-timey England. <laughs> right. That is interesting. Huh. Because, yeah, he bought the rights a year after the book came out. Yeah, 56. Right. Um, so, 57. The So, Mark Davis, one of our favorites, the animator behind iconic Disney characters like Sleeping Beauty's Maleficent, yes. spoke about basing Cruella on a woman he met in real life, as well as the actor Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> um, he says, I had several partial models in mind when I drew Cruella including Tallulah Bankhead, and one woman I knew who was just a monster. She was tall and thin and talked constantly. You never knew what she was saying, but you couldn't get a word in edgewise. What I really wanted to do was to make the character move like someone you just wouldn't like. <laughs> I'm um, done. Yeah. And then Tallulah Bankhead, just for reference, that lady. Yeah. Uh, oh, totally. You can see it. My friend Kara had a cat named Tallulah Bankhead. That's right. Really? Yeah. That's a great name for a cat. In fact, I think it was Tallulah Bankhead the second or the third. <laughs> she may have had multiples. Yeah. Before you continue, Ash, do you remember the movie Cruella? Cruella? Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Sarah? It was the newer one? Yeah. She saw it before it was we okay. did. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with the story. No. no. Like at all. Mm mm. She was like a fashion designer. Right. Yep. It was a totally different story. That's interesting. Like the origin is not even close. Nope. Not at all. 
Um, not only did Bankhead have a very distinct Cruella-esque look, including her drawn-on arched eyebrows, yeah. but she was also known for driving quite manically. <laughs> uh, when developing DeVille's character, the Disney animators also brought in character actor Mary Wicks. Um, Steve Taravella, who wrote the biography of Wicks, told Entertainment Weekly that, quote, she had very distinctive features. She was tall, lanky, and had exaggerated expressions. She was very limber and could easily contort her body. She wasn't afraid to do physical comedy. I can totally picture, you know, like watching them, like the animators watching Mm -hmm. the actors, like acting it out, like just seeing someone moving like that's like spindly, spidery. Spidery, yeah. Yeah. That's actually some of my favorite behind the scenes stuff is watching them do that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Um, This all culminated in the version of Cruella voiced by actor Betty Lou Gerson. Um, Quote, Enter, like a blowtorch, Cruella de Vil, with two cockney aides ready to spirit Pongo's pups, Howard Thompson wrote of the villain in a 1961 New York Times review of the film. Hmm. I just love that. Enter, like a blowtorch, Cruella de Vil. Yes. Further adaptations of the work. um, So, fashion was a much bigger part of the 1996 live-action film, with Cruella running her own fashion company. And that's the one with... uh... Glenn Close. Close. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her fashion company, or, House of Deville. That Glenn was '96. Oh. There's another yeah. one. Oh, I don't yeah. remember that one at all. Yeah, it's called The Hundred Wind Dalmatians. Oh yeah, that's right. Wait, so that's Glenn Close to plays her? You said? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Really good casting. Yeah, really good. Yeah. But was the movie good? No. I don't remember. I don't, I don't really. So. I don't know that I ever saw it. Okay. Um, presumably that. Uh, rendition of Cruella in a fashion industry served as the inspiration for 2021's Cruella in which Emma Stone plays an up-and-coming designer. Well, right. And to the credit of the the newest one, they're they're doing an origin story based off that Mm -hmm. and and the movie we grew up watching. And Mm -hmm. the movie is based off a book, but only loosely. Yeah. So it's, to be fair, it's not like they're trying to do that part of it justice. For sure. Um, throughout the 1996 version, Close was dressed in glamorous outfits that were so elaborate she couldn't sit down in them. <laughs> in the canon of Disney villains, Close's Cruella stuck out to some fans as somewhat of a feminist icon, with her right. successful career and decision not to have children or a husband. In a 1996 interview, the actress said she enjoyed playing such a ruthless villain, saying, quote, I think Cruella basically has no redeeming human characteristics. <laughs> Except she does have a sense of humor, albeit wicked. Uh-huh. She's a great character. She's gleeful in her evilness, and there's something very engaging about that. Yeah. The latest version of Cruella is centered on the fashion scene of 1970s London with Emma Stone as the young Deville, an aspiring designer who lands a highly coveted job working for Thompson's Baroness von Hellman. That's right. It's more like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So why, I wonder why they chose that timeline. Yeah. That's bizarre because they could have easily just gone off the movie, right? Wait, so did did you say the '96 one? Did they did you get a time period that that's based off? I would imagine '96. I think it's I set think it in '96. Yeah, it's like current day it's supposed for to the be time. Modern, so yeah. I mean oh, okay. that would make sense age wise. She would be in her 40s, oh, that, 50s. Yeah. Oh, so got it. Because okay. she was supposed to be young. She's the same age as Anita. Yeah. Right, so she's she not just, an old lady. No, she's just no. evil. Yeah, <laughs> totally. She's just yeah. She's also my absolute favorite character to run into at the park. Oh yes, who is Cruella? Cruella. Oh, at, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, totally. She heckles you. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, she, she roasts kids. And, oh, it's so good. But like in a total Disney way, where you don't actually feel no attacked. Totally. Yeah. Um, while fashion remains one of DeVille's central interests across adaptations, her obsession with fur appears to have dropped off in the 2021 film. Of Stone's more than 40 costumes in Cruella, none involve fur. Mm. Oh, interesting. While Dalmatians and other dogs are present in the film, Cruella doesn't share the same motivations as her animal or as her animated counterpart, Disney wrote in production notes. In this film, the character Cruella does not in any way harm animals. It's an interesting choice to strip a villain of one of her signature characteristics. She does imply it, though. She says something. She threatens it. She, yeah, because they kind of like go, how dare you? you know, she mm-hmm. says something about how it would make a great coat or yes. something. 
she kind of they kind of winked at it yeah. yeah um it's so yeah they're they're stripping the villain of one of her signature characteristics one which perhaps the studio found too risky given the fervor of animal rights groups Many viewers surely would have struggled to find empathy for a dog killer. It's tough. Yeah. And I, I just have my last note here. It's, what do we think about that? Because I have, I have like kind of diverging feelings about that. Because like, it's like, you're also, you're dumbing down right. the villain. Like, you don't have to relate to everybody. You know, sometimes you just want a villain that's just bad. Well, and but better way to make her bad than make her want to kill puppies. Right. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I. That's my first reaction, but then I also remember Disney has a different goal. Mm-hmm. It's not their their goal isn't exclusive storytelling. Their goal is storytelling that can make it inviting to go to a park and see this character. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you if your main character and one of the people you see, like you said, walking around the park having fun with kids, poking fun at people, is a dog killer. But she already is. Yeah, you're right. She was already. You're right. You're right. You're right. How but did I here's not miss the thing. You're right. She already is. Wait. It's also, I do think it also is better storytelling to make monsters people in yes. a lot of ways. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Because it's scarier. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see where people... they go with this. Because yeah. there could be, it seemed very likely that there will be a follow-up to that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're not going to go. Like, if she's not already threatening animals, she's not going to threaten in the new one. Yeah, but that wasn't the story. The whole story was her... Yeah, what I kind of forget that she, she, like, made salacious pieces to fight back against this woman, and the woman actually had killed her mom or something. I forget the story. Yeah, I, I can't remember either. So, like, I, I'm just saying it It just didn't really come up yet in the mm-hmm. art of her story. I could, I could see it going there, because her two... Those two guys that become like her henchmen in the story that we know mm-hmm. were very much like her friends. They're right. like her buds. Yeah. They like went out together and they're just kind of dorks together. And then she found confidence in being this fashion designer and prodding this other woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Cause I remember towards the end, she got more and more like the Cruella DeVille that, you know, where right. she didn't start out that way at all. And it, it ended with her, like, now her hair is kind of getting more white. Right. And she had, like, that black strip in it. And she started to talk more like her. She started to smoke the cigarette like her. Mm-hmm. She became a villain at the end. And she said something along the lines of, like, that would make a nice fur coat. And they're mm-hmm. like, Cruella, no. Yeah. Maybe Cruella 2 yeah. will be, like, her true... I guess but maybe I mean, it'll maybe it'll show Emma Stone drowning kitten after kitten. I mean, that's 44 the, times. That's the thing is, I, the, I the just whole movie. It's I just, just don't think the modern audience can tolerate it. How do you do that? I don't know. Have yeah. you have you seen Saw? You're right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But I mean, the modern audience can handle a lot. Well, I, I haven't seen. It's not a kids movie. Well, I haven't seen 101 Dalmatians in a long, long time. How do they handle her wanting to kill dogs? They don't really talk about it. That's my she point. tells Jasper and Horace they have to do it. It's not her problem how they do it. Bash him in the head, drown him. Do you have any chloroform? Doesn't matter how. But just the, give me them furs. Yeah. But they never do. They no. never do. That's they my escape. point. Right. Well, they have they have kind of a conscience. These henchmen are just dumb. Yeah. So maybe that's what it'll be, is Emma that's Stone wants where I'm going to kill the it. puppies, but it doesn't happen. And they'll probably never use the word like kill Emma or Stone drown. Will want <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Emma Stone. Sorry, Emma, our buddy old pal. <laughs> <laughs> Oldest listener. Not Yeah, exactly. But it is a good question, fan. Ash, because it, it's something that Disney often has to grapple with. And as an audience member, you have to decide that for yourself, like... Yeah, I definitely feel both ways very strongly about it. Like, yeah, I I guess I do too. It irritates me that they're like making everyone into like a dumb, like a dumbed down, yeah, no, like a dumbed down version, right? But at the same time, it's like it's also more interesting because it's more realistic. Yeah, yeah. Well, my sources are Mashable.com, The Daily Mail, Wikipedia, and Time Magazine. Nice, beautiful. Well done. Good research as always. Thanks. Okie dokie. Fun episode as always. 101. As in 101 Dalmatians. See why Ashley did that? (laughs) Sarah, 
We're stupid. I mean, it literally is written out 101 <laughs> Dalmatians. Yeah, we're not. The what brightest. does that mean? Yeah, what? Wait, so what are we talking what about? What are we talking about? Dalmatians. What? What? Why? So, yeah, uh, as we let out the air to this blimp. As we drown this. Oh, yes, yeah, we drown this puppy. Kitten, this Disney kitten. 44 kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, one by God. one. Uh, we're going to recommend some stuff to you. Um, I'm going to do. A movie that we just saw. It's the new Jurassic Park movie. Mm. Now, here's the deal, man. Here's the deal, man. This is a recommendation and an anti-recommendation at the same time. Let me explain. So, new Jurassic Park movie. We went and saw it, right? It's, it's what you think it is. It's a popcorn flick. It's about stupid CGI dinosaurs with all the stars in the world. <laughs> and they all come back. From the first one. So all the old characters are back. The gang is back. It is a really dumb movie. <laughs> I, I mean, would pretty bad. nothing less. Pretty bad. Or more. Pretty stupid. Very phoned in. And the CGI is inconsistent at best. <laughs> it's insanity. It's, it's as insanity. though two different studios made it. Sometimes it looks very convincing and modern in 2022. Others, it seems like... Oh, well, this is the first time CGI ever, ever <laughs> was a thing. Right. And it's it's bonkers. The story's insane. <laughs> the story's just bonkers. And it's like, you know when you watch, I don't know, like a show like Friends, where they frame all of the characters obviously facing the camera and together the way yes. that no one really talks? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just crazy. They're all facing one way and... Well, it's kind of like that. There's like all of the stars and they're just all kind of conveniently like lined up. And I'm like, I did the line. I, I said the thing. And then yeah. the Remember this? Yeah. We did that. I'm on my mark. I'm on my mark. Yeah, it's very much that. Okay. But here's the thing. Other than that, it's great. It was a really good time. Just I ate some popcorn. I checked out for an hour and a half. Pull your skull cap off. Yeah. Set it aside. Put some popcorn in it. Totally. Eat your popcorn out of your skull cap. Eat your popcorn. Don't worry about it. That's right. Just enjoy being stupid. Yeah. Enjoy being stupid. That's right. Okay. It's a movie about dinosaurs. Yeah. So go have fun. I'm totally in. Totally. Here's the best part is that the CGI does not merit a trip to the movie theater. So watch it at home. You can watch it at home. Okay. Half paying attention. Good to know. Yeah, and uh, one last thing. The the story is actually kind of sweet, now that I think about it. The dynamic of the two and the kid and the whole thing. It's like, there's a kind of a fun fun little twist to it. So go go check it out. Go check it out. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> Either way, you'll be fine. Well, I have a recommendation for something to just make you cringe and laugh. Oh, okay? I like that. Watch the trailer for the TV show Charmed. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. That sounds just, great. Just do it. Okay. I don't need to explain anything else. Just watch the trailer. Is that one you like, Dash? No. Okay. It that w- is a nightmare. It's so. It's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They're witches, right? But dumb. Worse. Yeah. They're like teenage. I don't even know. I never watched the show. Oh. It came up when we were searching <laughs> for something else, and I was like, "Oh my god, look at that! That's Shan- Shannon Doherty yeah. and Nev Campbell." Yes. And then it was like. Oh, wait, oh, that's wait. the movie, Charm. No, it's no? a show. Oh, what it's, am I thinking? Not I Nev Campbell. Oh, maybe it's not Nev Campbell. What's the movie with Nev Campbell and their witches? It has Alyssa... Uh, the Craft. The oh, Craft. Yeah. No, it's, it's It has not Alyssa Campbell. Milano. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking. Yeah. And then there's one more girl that... Holly something, something or other. Okay, so you, yeah, you were confusing The Craft. Sorry. Okay. I, it's not Nev Campbell, but it's... Um, it is Alyssa Charmed. Milano, that's who I was thinking of. Got it, got it. Um, yeah, it's... All eight seasons are available on Peacock. See, um, that's what's crazy about those shows. I couldn't make it through the trailer. Unbelievable. Guys. It's worth it. Just look it up. Please just watch it for me. Okay. Just watch it. Love I'd it. love this to take off and everyone gets really into Charmed again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... Or just the trailer all of a sudden has 20 million views out yeah. of nowhere. Uh-huh. People keep watching it. It's like how Kate Bush got... Exactly. Like, was oh, topping the charts story. again. That's I, so great. I 
despise everything Kate Bush does except that song. And I have I'm to, really I have glad. to admit I'm a very selective Kate Bush fan. Our aunt yeah. Sarah is probably yelling somewhere right now. Yeah, she, she hates l- me for hating her. She but. loves Kate Bush. Like yeah. loves, loves, loves. Which I love that about Answer. Totally. Kate Bush is weird. That is some bonkers music to be into. I just don't like her voice. It's just simply uh, no, too I d- high. I don't either. But some of her stuff is really good. Like yeah. the 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 um what's it called the song she did with Peter Gabriel. Can't think of the song. See, here's the thing. But that song is. I don't know so anything good. Kate Bush does. I don't That's know Kate Bush. Songs. All I know is I don't like her voice. And that song, I like it better. Don't give up. If you need friends, <laughs> don't give up. This is the it's song that song. she did with Peter Gabriel. Yeah, that's the song. It's beautiful, James. Thank you. No, but that is a very sweet story. Stranger Things 4 uses yeah. that song as like a repetitive part of the story. And they even mention Kate Bush. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, okay. So it's a huge part of the show. It came on the radio the other day and... Kate was singing along with it, and I was like, "How the it is hell do you know so this song?" So popular right now, and she's like, "Everyone knows this song." Everyone knows. I was like, "I was thinking, oh, it must be that new version." And I no. looked at the thing, and I was like, "No, this is Kate Bush." Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, I know it's Kate Bush." I was like, "But wait, how?" She's like, "Stranger <laughs> Things." Stranger Things. Oh, clearly, Kate I'm Bush out of the is loop. so sweet about it. She made a really long statement about like, "Hey, hey guys, I'm back, and this is amazing." You gave a second life to the song I did 30 years ago. Good for her. And like the royalty checks must be insane for that kind yeah. of thing. Well, and because that song was remade recently, that song became popular so and her cool. song was totally forgotten about. Right. So now people actually know Kate Bush's name. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know there was a redo of that song. Yeah, there's a remake that oh. was playing on like the alternative station. Got it. Yeah. And I, I love that Stranger Things... They were smart enough to use the original song. Yep. Because it's based in the 80s, so yeah. it would make no sense. And that the girl actually says something about, oh, you know Kate Bush? Oh, yeah. I love Kate Bush. Totally. Or something. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen it, but that's what I've been told. Well, it's a, an integral part of the story. Right. It's not just like a song that's in the background. Yeah. It's part of the story. Anyway. Yeah. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I recently rewatched the entire season four while James was out of town for two days. Uh-huh. So I've and seen it just through twice. It. Nice. Yeah. I haven't started it yet. Oh, it's so good. I know. I it might I will. Be my favorite I will one soon. So far. I just need to have like a day off that I don't have anything yeah. else going on. Yeah. It's long, man. It's like an hour it. and a half each episode. I know. I have to commit. Well, I have many animal heroes of the week, but they're all connected. First up, we got Pongo and Buzz. Mm-hmm. They're yep. my heroes for taking such good care of our crazy animal girl Dodie. Yep. You know what? Dodie. Woman after my own heart. Yeah, man. Collecting animals and. Letting them Feed crawl rats. all over your face. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Who did I marry? Teapot tail. Sarah, what Teapot did I do? Teapot tail. Teapot tail. And the other Dalmatian hero is a Dalmatian that found an abandoned puppy and decided to keep him forever. <laughs> so in February of this year, um, a dog, Tiago, headed out for a walk with his owner near their home in Puerto Rico. But so they started as a happy duo. But they'd finish their walk as a trio. Uh Partway through their walk, um, the owner noticed that he seemed distracted by something just off the path. He was trying to urge him to carry on, but he insisted to get a better look. He says, he took a detour into the forest. I started calling him, but he ignored me. That's when I heard a small bark. Then I looked closely and saw a very scared little puppy. And then here's the puppy. They found him. He's a baby boy. Oh, no. Someone needs to love him. Yeah. (laughs) Tiago wants to. The puppy was believed to be abandoned there, was thin and frightened, and was likely to die if he was not not, um, saved. Yeah. Um, So they decided to keep the puppy, who initially bit the owner out of fear. (laughs) I like that. But after finding a box to transport him in, he managed to carry the little dog home to safety. Aww. Um, they bathed and fed the puppy, brought him into the vet, and all along, Tiago never left his side. Um, mm-hmm. Here he is, booping oh. him with his big snoot. Oh. He kind of looks like a boxer puppy. Yeah, yeah he does kind of. He's really cute. Very cute. And what's his name? Um, Did he get a name? 
The puppy went from the brink of death, now much stronger and healthier. <laughs> Sorry, it's just a really cute picture. He's in a bandana. Here's a picture of him all cleaned up in a bandana. What a hero. Oh, baby. He's um, a crypt member. And a blood. Yeah, and a blood, a yeah. Blood red, red. This is a dodo article, so it goes on and on and on. Oh, there is no name. All cool. right. Okay. Well, we'll name him... Ralph. Ralph. That sounds good. Tiago and Ralph, forever. What would you name him, Ash? She's got a. Oh God, one. I don't know. Pretty good at this. Bert. See, pretty good. Nah, it's no better than Ralph. I had a great story from one of my customers yesterday. He was in there to get himself a burger and a beer, to cheers his cat that he had to put down oh. day before yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, how old was your cat? And he goes, He was only seven. He had. Uh, liver failure or something mm. like that. Yeah. And I said, what was his name? He said his name was Bart. Um, and then he started talking about how he had an 18-year-old cat pass away just before he got Bart. Wow. And that's I was old. like, oh, wow, that's that's awesome. Good for him. I said, what was his name? He said, Bart. <laughs> and I was like, wait, you named your second cat the same name? And he goes, yeah. And my girlfriend was like, you can't name him the same yeah, name. Psycho. And he goes, why? They don't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> They've never met. <laughs> They've never met. Part one, part two. He's not like his reincarnation. It's a completely different animal. It's fine. That's fine. I mean, how many Sarahs have you met in your life? A lot. So many. Yep. So many Jameses. Yeah. There's more Sarahs, I feel like. No. Right? I, think more James. James? I think there's probably more Jameses. But in your life, you've met more Sarahs. Hands yeah, down, right? Probably. I know in my life I've met more Sarahs than Jameses. Yeah, although a lot of gems. Lots of gems. You're right. Yeah. Too many gems, too many Sarahs in our family. Just in our family alone. God. <laughs> Get it together, guys. The names in our family are so hysterically white and Irishy and oh, Scottishy. Yeah. We just sound like the roster of a Catholic church. It's too, it's too much sometimes. Mary, Margaret. Molly, Ian. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Patricia. It's bad. Yeah, it's good. It's great. Uh, Patrick, Thomas, Mary. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Douglas. Douglas. Shoot. So, you know, here we are. Just living another day. Sarah, hit it! Thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. See, See you real, real soon. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WR Hatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week.